Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. What a week of footy. The qualifying finals of NRL and Big Les is back. Big Les is back. What a podcast to come back on. Big Les is well and truly back here for the qualifying finals review. Obviously, I've been out for a little while. I had my wisdom teeth, the bottom two wisdom teeth removed. I'm getting the top two wisdom teeth removed at a later date. Obviously, I'll tell you when that is, but I got the bottom two wisdom teeth removed moved, didn't feel like doing any podcasts, couldn't really speak much to be honest, the bottom half of my mouth was numb, so I couldn't really do any podcasts for that week, so I decided to take the week off, wrote the article for the preview, but I'm doing the podcast for the review, I thought I'd make the effort to do the podcast for the review, so here it is for you guys, let's get straight into these two games, firstly, the big topic of discussion is Parramatta and Penrith in the grand final. I think that most people would have picked this one, Penrith and Parramatta, the Battle of the West for the grand final. It's going to be a pretty sick game. It is going to be a pretty sick game. The interesting part of this game as well is that Parramatta have beat Penrith in every single game they've versed them in this season. So Penrith haven't won one game this season against Parramatta. So I don't know how the Penrith Panthers are the favourites here. It was like $1.30 to $3 I think I saw on Sportsbet last time I had a little look at the game. But yeah, very interesting. It's going to be a very big game. I do think that Penrith are going to win this one. But Look, Parramatta, as I said, they've beat Penrith in every single game that they've versed them in this season, so they're a massive chance there of beating Penrith again. But anyway, let's get into the team of the week this weekend. Fullback, I had Dill Edwards. He was sensational in this one. I think that's the best game he's played all season. He was heavily involved. He was everywhere. His kick returns were outstanding. So Dill Edwards is at fullback. Brian Toto and Mike Acevo on the wings. I thought that Mike Acevo was great and really, really strong there for the Parramatta Reels. And then Brian Toto, again, one of the better games he's played this season as well. Uh, Val Holmes and Campbell Graham in the centres. Campbell Graham getting flogged every time he ran the ball, but he just kept going and going and going. Meter eater, a few tackle breaks in there for him as well, and I thought he was sensational. Val Holmes as well. In a losing side, I thought he was great. Chad Townsend and Nathan Cleary in the halves. I thought that Chad Townsend, a bit unorthodox there to put him in the number six jersey, but I thought that he was one of the better halves on the weekend. And then Nathan Cleary as well. He was unbelievable. He was phenomenal in this one. He had 400 kicking meters in the first half of that game. So that just shows you how good he was with his kicking game. Moses Leota and Ruben Cotter in the front row. Ruben Cotter, amazing. Moses Leota just set the tone in that match and really was a big factor in the Penrith Panthers win. Reid Marnie at 9, Viliami Kikau and Sean Lane there in the back row with Jason Tamalolo at lock. And then I had Clint Gutherson, Regan Campbell-Gillard, Isaiah Yo, Keon Kalomatungi on the bench. 18th man, Spencer Lenu. I thought that he was sensational in this one. Uh, really, really strong performance from him. There you go. That is my team of the week. Rounded it down to 18 men. I thought that it would be a bit better to get it down to 17, but I had to include Spencer Lianu there. I thought that he was amazing. A bit earlier there for the team of the week. Posted it on Sunday, but I thought I'd get it out there since the round was pretty much over. But let's get straight into the games. The first one was the Cowboys v. the Eels. What a game that was. Got so much notes. So many notes, I should say. Got to fix up that grammar there. But anyway, the Cowboys. First five minutes for the Cowboys was sensational. Defensively and in attack, I thought they were honestly going to win that game. I really did. I thought it was going to be the game where the Eels folded. But I was wrong. I was so wrong because they came out later on in the game and just fired up. But the Cowboys, their first half, I should say, was unbelievable. 
unbelievable. Obviously, the Eels score off a forward pass. Bit of controversy. I think it was three minutes in, maybe a bit more, uh, that Mitchell Moses forward pass, but a big controversy in that game, and a lot of people thought that wasn't a try. I agree. I think that that was a mile forward. Uh, real, real shock horror in the game there that got the Eels on the board early. The Cows looked more structured than the Eels as well, in my opinion. I thought that the Cowboys just looked a little bit more disciplined as well. They had a higher completion rate, especially in the first half. I think it was 80% completion for the Cowboys, and then it was like 50 for the Eels in the first half. So the completions was there. The discipline was there. They looked more structured than the Eels in the first half, the Cowboys. The Eels were just in shambles in defense as well in that first half. But as good as the Cowboys were, the Eels defense, while it was in shambles for most of the first half, was holding them out and Jason Tiamalolo, his runs were sensational, but the Eels I feel like in that first half, while they were in shambles, they did a pretty good job to keep it to only 12 all at half time. I thought that Chad Townsend's kicking game was sensational in this one and it's what got the Cowboys on the front foot as well, Jason Tiamalolo's runs, then off the back of that Chad Townsend with his kicking game Ruben Cotter's try off a really strong run, he's had a massive season. He has had a massive season. I can see him definitely making that Australia side uh, in the World Cup. He is an absolute freak. I was surprised they didn't try him out in the PM side but uh, looked very interesting and I think that he'll definitely be in the main side come the World Cup because he had a really, really strong year there. Same as guys like Paddy Carrigan as well. I think he'll make his debut for Australia. There's a few guys I would chuck into that side after this season to be honest. I think Sean Lane as well, Hudson Young. There's a few guys I think that will get called up into the squad for sure. Tamalolo getting sent to the sin bin in this game. I thought it was a bit ridiculous. For me personally, I don't think it was been worthy. For him to miss three games, whether that's in the World Cup or next season, I think that that is pretty heavy. And look, I think it's going to be a pretty big topic of discussion as well going into the next few weeks. Tamalolo, whether he's eligible to play in the World Cup or whether he'll carry out his suspension. I don't think it should count for rep games. I don't think suspension should count for rep games. I think that, I mean, look at Taylor May. He obviously got charged for assault in the real world. Uh, We shouldn't really still be touching on this, but I'm using it as an example. If it's for something like that, where it's serious, where it's really serious, like if Tamalolo came up to one of the Eels players and punched him in the face, then I would understand that he would miss out on rep games. But for an unintentional tackle... That shouldn't have even seen him go to the bin. It shouldn't count towards rep games because that's what players are looking forward to all season. I don't think it should count to rep games. And you want to see the best players representing their countries, representing their continents, representing their culture. You don't want to see those guys miss out due to suspensions for stupid things, for stupid things. He shouldn't have been suspended for three games. I think it was really harsh for even to get to three games. I think it should have only been one if there was any suspension at all. Like, to be honest, if it was one game, one World Cup game, and then he was eligible to play in the next game, depending on how many World Cup games they have, I wouldn't mind it as much. But three games, I think that three games is pretty heavy. I don't even know how many games Tonga will be playing in, but I just think it's a bit heavy. I really do think it's a bit heavy that he'll be missing out on three games there. I think that it was really, really harsh from the judiciary and from the NRL. I hope that he challenges it as well. I think that they need to have a little bit of a look at it. I think that he should be eligible to play in those World Cup games 
and maybe count the three-game suspension, even though he doesn't even deserve three games, uh, count that three-game suspension into next season. I think that's the way to go there for Jason Tiamololo in terms of that tackle. I, as I said, don't even think he should have been sent off for that one. I think it was a bit ridiculous that he got sinbin. Now, I think a positive for the Eels was Ryan Madison's ball playing. As a matter of fact, I think that the whole Eels forward pack ball playing was first class. The flick passes, the short balls, the long-range passing as well through the middle. I think that Ryan Madison, he really unlocks the middle there in the 13 jersey. I can see him playing there next season. I think that he was unreal with the ball playing, and so was... Regan Campbell-Gillard, and so was Junior Paolo as well in the middle there in their ball playing. I mean, Ryan Madison setting up that first RCG try, that was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I think the Eels really gained some confidence from that try, and they started to play some pretty decent, fast-paced, really strong football and some smart footy as well. I thought it was a really tough forward battle in the middle. Regan Campbell-Gillard v. Junior Paolo and Ryan Madison versus, obviously, guys like Jason Tiamalolo, who was strong all night, as we said before, and then Ruben Cotter, who was just so tough for a little guy, so tough for a little guy there. Uh, Papali'i. Butchering some opportunities, past the ground, nearly set up a try there. Mitch Moses made a beautiful break, got it to IPAP, uh, and then he failed to put the icing on the cake, and I think he did that a few times as well other than that. Uh, but IPAP just really failing to ice those opportunities, especially in the first half. I think going into next season, working on that ball playing there from IPAP, it could just make him so much more dangerous, so much more dangerous there, IPAP. But yeah, something he needs to work on going into next season. I think the Errors really hurt Parramatta in the first half, and the Cowboys, as I said before, completing at 86%. You had Moses kicking it out on the full twice. Parramatta, 50% completion rate in the first half. Obviously, they turned it around in the second half and have a really big game, but that first half, it really did hurt Parramatta, and if they start off the game like that against the Penrith Panthers, then I'm really worried. I am really, really worried for them going into next week because I think that Penrith will really take a hold of that, score a lot of points, and just make it impossible for Parramatta. Parramatta to come back. But look, as we touched on before, 12 all at half time, as scrappy as the Eels were, to have it at 12 all at half time is a massive effort from them uh, to really keep this game in their grasp. The Cowboys' defense during that entire game was solid as well. It was a real tough defensive battle in this one uh, for both sides. But the Cowboys, I thought the defense in the second half to really hold out the Eels who really started to get some momentum, I thought it was really impressive there. Sean Lane. How much has Sean Lane improved over the past few weeks? His offload, his running game, his ability to run in holes, attract the defenders and get a beautiful pass to his outside or inside man is just, it's something that most back rowers fail to have. And I think that he has really, really turned his game around and become one of the better back rowers in the competition. And as I said, I could see him making his debut in the World Cup for Australia because the way he's ended this season, the way he's improved this season, I think that he is definitely eligible to make the squad at least for the World Cup side for Australia. He was a really, really... Key factor in Parramatta winning this game. A key factor in Parramatta winning this game. His running game, his passing game, his offloading, he was just all there. He was all there, Sean Lane, and I think that he had a really strong game in this one, but his ball playing and offloading was a massive factor in Parramatta winning this game. Now, look, the Cows pretty much nearly put the icing on the cake here. The hair-pulling penalty uh, suffered by, I think it was Wonga Blake on Luciano Leilua. Obviously, the Cows take the kick for goal as well, and it gets them in front by two. And as I said, it nearly won them the game. It nearly won them the game. 
Offloading is where Parramatta was most dominant and most dangerous, as I said before, with the Sean Lane offloading. Also with Junior Polo, also with Regan Campbell-Gillard, the forwards offloading and ball playing, as I said, was a key factor, a key factor in Parramatta winning this game. Parramatta, they really got on a roll with 20 minutes to go. The Cole Felt game-winning narrative try. The Cole Felt game-winning narrative try was denied. He obviously ran out with his first foot on the outline, and that was really tough. It was a tough pill to swallow there. I feel like that gave Parramatta a lot of confidence, and it took a lot of confidence away from the Cowboys to really execute there, and that's where, really, Parramatta won the game. Right at the end there, the confidence was out of the Cowboys, and then the Eels just dominated in that game as well. So, I can't believe that narrative try was denied. I was spewing for Kyle Felt. That would have been so good. That would have been so good, especially with, obviously, that Cowboys grand final where Kyle Felt scores the try to level the game up. Uh, and then, obviously, JT misses the conversion, gets the field goal. We all know the story, but... God, that would have been the narrative try. The narrative try. The narrative was written, and then it was unwritten by the referee there as he did step out. It was fair enough, but geez, it was a pretty tough one for the Cowboys to swallow. And as I said, then from that point onwards, the Parramatta Reels, they won the game, obviously. Now, after this try was denied, Parramatta... 10 tackles on their line, a 10-tackle set, obviously a few set restarts there, 10 tackles on their line, they hold out the Cowboys, it was a strong defensive effort right till the end, uh, the Parramatta side didn't deserve to win in the first half, but obviously they made up for it in the second, and yeah, uh, by the end of it, I definitely think that Parramatta deserved to win that game, but in the first half, I really didn't think so, but Eels, they go from 50% completion rate to 70. I think it was over 70 by the end of the game. I think that was really impressive from them. And from the way they turned their game around from halftime onwards was a pretty strong effort there from the Parramatta Reels to keep the game level with how scrappy they were. Under 50% completion rate in the first half. And then to turn that around in the second, I think that was a really, really strong effort uh, from the Parramatta Reels. And obviously, they are in the grand final now. They're in the big dance up against the Penrith Panthers. And speaking of the Penrith Panthers, let's go into the next game. South Sydney v. the Penrith Panthers. Another game as well where the underdogs, they look to be in front at the start of this game in the first half. The Rabbitohs, they looked like they were there for it. They looked like they were going to win the game in the first half. Latrell Mitchell was on. Cody Walker was on. The boys were on. Now to start the game, Liam Martin. Kick chase on Latrell Mitchell, I thought, was superb. The kick chase on Latrell Mitchell really got him out of the game by the end of it. I feel like that was a really key part to the game plan of the Penrith Panthers, and they executed it to perfection. To perfection. They really put a lot of pressure on Latrell Mitchell. By the end of the game, he just wasn't there for it. Uh, and yeah, Penrith Panthers, a thing that they really executed well was that kick chase on Latrell Mitchell. Moses Leota. What an absolute tank. What an absolute tank that hit on Latrell Mitchell as well. Holy shit, I've never seen Latrell Mitchell be hit that hard and fall back like that in his entire career. And Moses Leota, to make that statement early in the game as well, that was a big moment, a big moment in the game. And it really put the Penrith Panthers in front, in my opinion. I feel like that was a real factor to Penrith's win, really putting a shitload of pressure on Latrell Mitchell and and pretty much at the end of it, making him fold pretty much out of the game. And look, as a South fan, that's what I was scared of. That's what I was scared of all game. Latrell Mitchell, 
He needs to stay in this game for the entirety of the game. He needs to be in the zone for the entire game. I said it in the article when I wrote about this game. I said that Latrell Mitchell needs to be in the zone all game. Otherwise, South would lose. And Latrell Mitchell, he was out of the zone by the end of it. And that's what won Penrith the game. It's what won Penrith the game. But Moses Leota, for a guy that only played 37 minutes of football... He was just destructive. Didn't have that many run meters, but the defensive plays, the defensive reads, and how he just ran the football, he was unbelievable. Unbelievable there, Moses Leota. Really strong game from him, and a really tough performance from him as well. Isaiah Yo, this is why he gets the big bucks, people. It's why he gets the big bucks. 39 tackles, zero missed, 148 meters in that game. He was on Isaiah Yo. He had a really strong game in this one. Defensively, under the tuck, he was solid. And I think it's the game they needed him to have. I think it's the game they needed him to have there, Isaiah Yo, and he just delivered. Dill Edwards, massive factor for the Penrith Panthers. Massive factor there. He was electric. Absolutely electric in this game. 287 meters, 70 post contact, 14 tackle busts. 14 tackle busts in this game. One line break, an offload. And he was just everywhere on the park. Everywhere on the park there, Dylan Edwards. And then Brian Toto as well. You look at his stats in this one. 293 meters, 80 post contact meters. Then you had three tackle Bus. As well as a try, he was on point there, Brian Toto. He was on point in this game. Really, really solid. Whenever he ran the ball as well, he was knocking over defenders. That try that he scored. That try that he scored late in the second half where he bumped off Cody Walker, made Damien Cook trip over Cody Walker and then beat about another three defenders to get to the try line. What a player. What a play. What a game. What a game this was. It was such a strong performance there for Brian Toto and Dill Edwards. Nathan Cleary as well. 115 metres. 13 post contact metres. A tackle break. 21 tackles, only one missed. Kicked for 585 metres in that game. And he kicked for nearly 400 in the first half. That is a massive knock there for Nathan Cleary. A massive knock. I will admit, though, in the first half, I think South Sydney, with their defense, really forced Nathan Cleary to kick downfield. But Jesus, he was electric. Looked dangerous every time he got the footy in his hands in the final try he scored to finish the game, to put the icing on the cake. It was a narrative try there for Nathan Cleary. A narrative try for Nathan Cleary in this game. His kicking game throughout the game as well was pinpoint as well. So uh, Nathan Cleary, a massive knock for him. Him. Murray, pressure on Cleary to stop a try. I mean, that was a big moment there and a captain moment, a skipper moment for Cameron Murray. But the whole team needed to come off that. The whole team needed to come off that. There was a lot more pressure in the second half than there was in the first half on Nathan Cleary for kicks. There was good pressure on Nathan Cleary, but it just wasn't enough. At the end of the day, it just wasn't enough. He still managed to get away 21 kicks in that game. 21 kicks, most of them being in the first half. But I thought that one play, it was definitely a highlight in the game there. Cameron Murray pressuring Nathan Cleary uh, after... 
Penrith Panthers had a magical set, and one of those magical sets that they have where they always end up scoring points. He really put a lot of pressure on those Penrith Panthers boys and on Nathan Cleary, especially Cameron Murray. And I thought that it was a really big moment in the game where South Sydney could have really turned the game around, could have really started to get some momentum and confidence from that, but they didn't. Obviously, as I said, Latrell Mitchell sort of faded out of the game a little bit. Cody Walker can't play well at the moment without Latrell Mitchell playing well and the side having a bit of go forward. So everything just sort of fell apart. By the end of the game, it obviously got to that 32-12 lead. The kick-out charge down as well in this game was a big moment, and especially the South defense after that. South defenders reacting to that, getting about five or six bodies there on Viliami Kikiao, surrounding him and really putting pressure on him so he can't make another play with the football. I thought it was really good cover defense there, but massive play there from Viliami Kikiao. And as I said, giving the Penrith Panthers a little bit more confidence. The Cleary bombs as well, and just having no bodies there for South Sydney. No one wanted the ball with those Cleary bombs, even though they weren't the biggest bombs you've ever seen. Uh, no one wanted it. No one wanted it there from South Sydney, and that was a big moment in the game as well, and Cleary was just feeding those bombs nearly all night as well, and South defenders just weren't putting bodies on those balls. And Spencer Liano, as soon as he got on the field as well, the game just flipped on its head. He gives Penrith so much momentum when he gets on the field. He gives them so much go forward in that one run where he ran over Cody Nikorima uh, and run about 30 metres, nearly scoring a try. Jesus, he's a tough guy. He's a tough guy. I really rate Spencer Leanu. Really rate Spencer Leanu. I thought he had a really strong game. The last thing I sort of touch on in this game was obviously the Milne send-off. Why on earth? That was just, it was so careless. It was so dumb. It was so careless for him to go for that tackle. Obviously, there's an argument it wasn't intentional. Obviously, it wasn't intentional. Obviously, he's not coming out here to king hit somebody. But it was just so careless. And in a moment where Souths maybe had the potential to turn this game around, maybe had the potential to obviously get the troll into the game, get him involved, get him some touches and really get a role in this game. In a moment where they could have turned this game around, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, that happens. Tane Milne comes off and then everything just went to shambles. Everything just went to shambles for South Sydney. Confidence was lost. It was so dumb and careless from Tane Milne. But I tell you what, I think he's going to be getting a UFC contract after that one. That king hit was something else. That was Israel Adesanya-like, that king hit. He's playing the wrong sport. I'll tell you that for free. He's going to go over to the UFC or No Limit Australia is going to be looking into that one, getting him a fighting contract v Spencer Leonu. And I tell you what... I'm not going into a cage versus Spencer Leonu, that is for sure. That guy is tough as nails. He would knock me out first round, first second. I would not be going into that fight whatsoever. But Tane Milne, no fear. King hit Spencer Leonu. No Limit Australia is going to be all over that one, all over it. But look, to sum it up, South Sydney, they were in the game in the first half. Then come the second half, obviously, things faded out. The troll faded out. Cody faded out. South lost confidence, obviously, with a few things not going their way. Nathan Clear really exploded. His side really got on the front foot through their tough forwards like James Fisher-Harris, like Moses Liotta, like Isaiah Yo, who did not miss a tackle that entire game. 
Uh, really big performances from the Penrith Panthers. You look at Dill Edwards, Brian Toto, obviously Isaiah Yo, like we mentioned before, Nathan Cleary. Uh, it just made it impossible there for South Sydney to win by the end of that game, and especially with some guys, some stars, like we mentioned, fading out of that game. Uh, the Penrith Panthers, they just got on a roll. They got a lot of confidence, and they won the game fair and square there. So as I said at the start, it's going to be a Penrith Panthers v. Parramatta Reels Grand Final, a really strong Grand Final, a Battle of the West Grand Final. In terms of the tipping, I tipped South Sydney the other night. They are my team. I tipped them to win. I thought they were going to turn things around. I thought they were going to have a really, really strong game in this one. Obviously, they did in the first half. In the second half, they faded out, as we said before, and they didn't get the win there. So I was one from two on the weekend. I'll be honest, one from two. Tip South Sydney got it wrong. But Grand Final, the Grand Final, who's going to win? We don't know. I'm probably going to go for Penrith because why not? Join the bandwagon. My team's out. You may as well join the bandwagon. In terms of the NRL Finals Challenge on ESPN Footy Tips as well, I tipped for a Panthers and Eels Grand Final. Didn't get there the way I was thinking we were going to get there, but we got there in the end, didn't we? And uh, Panthers and Eels Grand Final, as I said, Battle of the West is going to be a massive game. I've got the Panthers tipped here. I've got the Panthers to win by four because you have to pick a margin in these games. So I've got Panthers by four. I had Eels by four the other night. I did against the Cowboys. Eels by four. Got that one. 100 points there. I'm in the top 11%. Top 11% for this NRL Finals Challenge. Not to brag, but Big Les, he is on. He is well and truly on here. But there you go, guys. That is your qualifying finals review. Can't wait for a massive grand final.